Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Sunday night, the Bills get through the Dolphins to win the AFC East and earn themselves at least one home playoff game. It'll be at least two if they win Sunday against the Steelers. But we saw them deal with some injury issues after becoming a team, at least in contrast to Miami, that had had it pretty clean uh, going into that game. But some key men on the list to talk about here and this matchup and also it seems weather to get into Sal Capaccio with us on the West Her Hotline. So some of the guys, Sal, that didn't practice yesterday that we saw leave the game in Miami, Gabe Davis, Rasul Douglas, Taylor Rapp. Perhaps there are others. Those are the three I'm thinking about. It, it appears none of them practiced today. That's right. Uh, good to talk to you guys. Seven DNPs on a Thursday injury report is not good. Bill said seven of them today. Gabe Davis didn't practice with his injury. Tyrell Dotson, maybe the other one you didn't mention. Russell yes. Douglas and Taylor Rapp with their injuries. On top of that, you had Deion Dawkins and Dawson Knox, who were sick today, did not practice. And Deontay Hardy, who was dealing with a personal matter, so he was not at practice. So there's your seven who didn't practice today. And then, on t- and then you had Ty Johnson, who I would say encouraging, has been limited two days in a row, had a red jersey on at practice today as he progresses – I would call it that, progressing through the concussion protocol. Um, that was it. The other guys who were on are all full participants. It includes Micah Hyde and Damar Hamlin and a couple of the guys that had vet rest days, which are um, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. If Davis misses the game, Sal, how we didn't get to this yesterday, I think, as I recall, as we ran out of time. Um, like how, how big a deal is, is Gabe Davis in any game, maybe in particular in a game where you may run the ball a lot if the conditions are, you know, snowy and messy and the passing game is compromised? Yeah, I think he's significant. You know, he's a guy, let's remember what he did last year to Pittsburgh as well through the air, right? I mean, if you can throw the ball, there's a guy that um, made two big plays, including a 98-yard touchdown, and then he wrestled the ball away from Minka Fitzpatrick. He's a big play guy. But even if you want to run the ball, like you said, if the weather is challenging enough where they're going to have to stick to the ground game, Gabe is a really excellent blocker. But I'd also tell you, I think Trent Sherfield is a really good blocker. When they signed him, we talked a lot about that. I said, there's a really good blocker in the run game. And I think Khalil Shakir can block a little bit. He's not as big, uh, but, you know, he's pretty tough. He can block. He's good run after catch. You know, that's not necessarily the strength of Gabe Davis. They don't really use him like that. 
So this might be a kind of game where you might have to turn to a guy like Shakir anyway for a run after catch because you might have to keep everything a little bit underneath, catch the ball, not go down the field. So, yes, I think it's significant to lose Gabe Davis. What The bigger thing for me, and I think that fans always have to look at it this way, it's not just losing a guy at the top of your roster. You're really pushing everybody up from the bottom of your roster. So getting the bottom of your roster in case there is an injury. So like last week, Gabe Davis leaves, you know, Russell Douglas leaves. That thins your depth. So that's why it's more significant. It's not just the guys that are filling in for the guys. It's the guys filling in for the guys filling in for the guys, if that makes sense. Well, it's been interesting this year going back to the offseason when they brought in Hardy and Sherfield, just like what, this would all lead to and if they do not have davis for this game like you're saying uh in different ways these guys will be kind of on the spot here shakir to start with him Mm -hmm. sal has really come on i thought the cards looked like when they again built their roster that they were not expecting much from shakir but um kind of like last year only to a greater extent later on in the season he's come through i agree with you I was very disappointed in his training camp and preseason, so much to the point where I wondered if he would make it. I debated if if Andy Isabella would make it over him. I know Joe said he thought right. you know Justin Shorter could. I never went that far. I didn't think they'd keep a guy like Shorter over him, and I never thought they would release him. I thought maybe he's a trade candidate. What happens with him because he is in his second year and they like that and you know they want to develop him. But I think he's really performed well when giving the opportunities this year. And I think he's come on and he's kind of turned around and made a lot of people forget about, you know, the inconsistencies he had in camp. And you're right, Mike. Last year was kind of the same thing. Towards the end of the year, he started getting more opportunity and he started, you know, catching the ball. But you look at the beginning of this year, you go up to the Giants game, targets per game. He had nothing in the Jets to opener. And then after that, ready? Targets. One, 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 one. That's it. Since then, he has had a couple games with one target. But really, it's more filled up with four, five, six targets a game. You know, he's catching the ball. He has a great uh, catch ratio. And I think he could do a lot for you. You know, he can play. He's not, he's more of a slot guy. You can move him outside. He's more of a slot guy. Um, But he's tough. And he's good run after catch. We saw that last week. So I think there's a guy that now you can rely on. You know what the other thing is? It just seems like he has a really good connection with Josh, right? Like he knows. Because that hasn't happened. That hasn't developed with Gabe this year, which is really odd. He's been here mm-hmm. for four years, and it seems like Shakir and Josh are always on the same page when it comes to you know making those types of plays. Yeah, I mean, it feels to me, Sal, we'll see where this goes. And, of course, you know, <laughs> we're more mostly concerned about this game Sunday and the ones that hopefully will come after it. Uh, but I feel like they have found their Cole Beasley in Shakir here. And, yeah. you know, not, not that, you know, that was a big mystery, but – you know, all the talk about big slot, and I'm sure we'll still see Kincaid using a variety of ways moving forward, too. Um, but I feel like Shakir is, is just, he, he's, I feel like he's earned it. I feel like that's your slot receiver. Yeah, 13 catches, a buck 89 the last three weeks. Those are nice numbers. You know, they're not blowing you away, but they're really solid, good numbers, especially on a passing attack that has been distributing the ball. Um, and, you know, going forward, I think that they are very comfortable with him in a lot of different roles. They trust him. Uh, so, you know, and, and Shakir's just kind of guy goes and, and does his job every day, you know, and, and I think that, you know, that says a lot about him for what they want out of a wide receiver, not to suggest that other people don't, but, you know, that's why they had faith in him. I think they had faith in him because he had an uneven camp preseason, preseason but I think that they realized and thought, hey, you know, this guy will be fine, and in the end, he has been. You mentioned Shorter in the course of that response, and, and, and I don't, maybe everyone knows this, but I, I know sitting in here uh, getting ready to do these shows this week, I'm looking at the call screen while One Bills Live is on, and somebody that I don't think got on the air wanted to ask about Justin Shorter. 
that's over, right? I mean, they, they, that window for him to be activated closed, so his season, they, they, there's no recourse there. Like, if they get really injured at receiver, he's not an option, right? Correct. That he is ineligible to play right. this season for the Buffalo Bills. The only way he could play for any team be released. That's not going to happen, obviously. Um, but because they had the 21-day window, that wound up closing. Now, at wide receiver, though, an option to go back to your question, Mike, about Gabe Davis if you're without Davis, I wouldn't be surprised to see Andy Isabella elevated. You know, he could be a guy. Now, again, is that the kind of guy? It's the same player? No. But you you have different roles for guys, and guys move around a little bit and do different things. And if you want to go down that road, I think Tyrell Shavers played well in preseason in camp, but would you want a guy like that who's never really played a game to be elevated for this particular game in the playoffs? Probably not. So, you're, so good call, Bulldog, to ask about that because maybe Justin Shorter would be that type of option since he's more the outside kind of guy, but mm-hmm. you can't even do that. It would To me, if you have to go any route, it's probably going to be Andy Isabella, and then you figure it out from there Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline Sal I'll admit to you and Bulldog he and I have not talked directly about this yet but the Steeler mystique is working on me a little bit Uh, I didn't love the prospect of facing Pittsburgh because of just sort of what they are and what they have been historically Uh, I won't argue that they're not the worst team in the playoffs because they probably are but it's still the playoffs. Um, that plus the possibility, maybe even a strong one, of messy weather in this game. I don't know. Like you, you, <laughs> you get who you get, and the Bills could have a tougher draw here. But the Steeler thing is working on me. I understand that. And listen, for me, it's more of the other part of that. It's not the Steelers. It's the Bills. The weather. You know, they played down to their level of competition this year. Uh, they've had some games where they've just given the ball away and, you know, you, you, you make mistakes. This is a team that's not going to really make those kinds of mistakes. They don't. They don't really give the ball away, the Steelers, that is. And then the weather, the ultimate equalizer, you make a couple mistakes, you're down 10 points, suddenly they're going to grind the game out. So it's not them and their mystique for me. It's more of how they're going to p- approach the game and play the game. And if you do the things that got you in trouble against the Jets or the Patriots or the Broncos – you could be in trouble in this game, especially because of the weather and how the game has to go. I think the other way, though, if the Bills get up 10 points, I think it's almost shut the door time already because I don't see Mason Rudolph in that kind of weather being able to come, have his team come back. I'd have more faith in the Bills coming back, although I think it would be much more challenging than it would be maybe against the Dolphins you know, in South Florida uh, because of this type of opponent. So I agree with that. Now, all that said. Uh, the more I talk to Pittsburgh people, I actually feel better about the Bills because they're like, yeah, this team isn't that good, right? I mean, we all kind of know that. And Mason Rudolph's doing some nice things, but the reality is, you know, he's played bad defenses. They're still protecting him well and giving him shorter throws, although he's willing to to sling it. And he's gone downfield a few times. Um, you know, it's not this guy. He's not, he's not doing what Joe Flacco's necessarily doing in Cleveland, right? I mean, so I, 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 I think about that, and I see that. And at the end of the day, you're right, Mike. Like it is the draw. If if I said to you going into the playoffs, or would you rather face you know the Chiefs in the first round, or the the Dolphins, or the Steelers, or the Texans? I think we'd all, or the Browns, we'd all kind of say, let's say the Steelers. So they got the best draw out of it. So you have to look at it that way too. I think. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. I, I I feel like Sal. I I don't think I've said this exactly to you, but I've said it so much that people, maybe even Mike included, are rolling their eyes already. But I, I feel like the path is as clear as it's been in these four years that they've been a Super Bowl contender. 
home for two weeks, right. Pittsburgh in week one. Sure, you might get the Chiefs here next week, but it's here, and the Chiefs aren't have not been the Chiefs. Of course, they'll still have Mahomes, but the game is here. Um, so there's that's not out there looming. Uh, and this is not the blow-off Baltimore. Like I, I, I have healthy respect for Baltimore. Um, but even them with Lamar, it's not it's not the magic that is Mahomes. Like The Ravens will be looking, if they win their divisional round game next weekend, to, to prove that they can come through and that Lamar can come through sure. in those moments. So yep. they, they're, they're kind of in the same spot as the Bills. It is an interesting question of, and I hate getting ahead, right? We don't want to do it. We can do that. We're on the radio. We've got to kind of do this a little bit. <laughs> it is an interesting question. Matt Bove and I kicked it around on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo yes, last night and today, and then Jeremy and I did this morning. Like, what's the preferred outcome for next week if, if you're a Bills fan, right? If you were to get by this game because of all those things you just said. I mean, do you think that maybe Miami could win and go to Baltimore and knock them off? So you root for Miami, and then you don't have to face Kansas City anyway? <laughs> or because of Kansas City's you know, offense that just has not performed well this year, and you'd get a chance to get Mahomes in a road playoff game for the first time ever, and you like your chances with that, would you want to see Kansas City here, and then, hey, does Cleveland or you know, Houston go to Baltimore and beat them? I, I think it's a really interesting you know, proposition either way. I would say, given the weather, that I would pivot to, I think Houston would be the most favorable possible matchup this week Houston Mm -hmm. would be like we're playing on Hoth like it's just you've got rookies (laughs) and like what what is this world you've invited us to here pass I think what's interesting about the Chiefs like I kind of like Miami a little bit because there's really not that much reason to do so and that's kind of what draws me in but the, the will of the Chiefs will be tested a little bit here with the difficult season they've had and those conditions, you know, we've won a couple. Yeah. We don't really want to go on the road in the playoffs. That's not what we do. So, you know, maybe um, Kansas City is just kind of mailing it in. I don't really mean that so so seriously. But <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, ex- I don't I'm not assuming really Kansas today. City rolls. Yeah. No, no, and, and sorry, but I, Joe Shad had a really good stat today. I liked it. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. Joe Shad said the – Miami Dolphins have averaged they're against playoff teams this year. Miami's only one in five, and they've averaged seventeen point seven points. That's like wow, that's really bad. The Chiefs are one in four and have averaged eighteen point eight points against playoff teams this year. <laughs> right. That includes a game between each other in Germany, where Kansas City won yep, twenty one fourteen. 21-14, and they got a turnover touchdown. I think maybe late in the first half. So uh, neither team did much. That day, uh, when and it wasn't minus twenty with the wind chill when they right. played each other. Do you? What's the latest as far as you know, Sal, on what we're looking at weather-wise Sunday? Is this one of these situations where we're really not going to know until Sunday morning, or or what? So yeah, I mean, I've been in touch with Patrick Hammer throughout the day, and you know, he kind of keeping me updated a little bit here and watching his tweets, and you know, Andy Parker at Ben is you know on the air talking about it. So basically, the latest from You know, Patrick, what he said is to me um, earlier today, he said growing potential for snow during the game. A lake effect band will be near the stadium, if not overhead. Uh, So steady or even heavy snow is possible. Temperatures in the mid 20s and then wind chills. He corrected later to say he's looked at it and recalculated wind chills between five and 10 degrees. Wind speed 20 to 30 with gusts up to 40. So, yeah, we're looking at a weather game. I don't know if I'd call it a weather event, but this is going to (laughs) be. Weather, weather's going to impact this game. And I, 
I guess the question is, Andy Parker also on WBEM was on, and there's an article at our website, WGR550.com, about it. And Andy basically said, look, I mean, at this point, we just don't know where the snow band, the lake effect band is going to settle. It'll be somewhere down in the Boston, New York area, up to Springville. It could come up to the stadium, but we're not sure. I'm hoping, because so far no one said, yeah, it's going to be at the stadium, maybe it stays south. And, you know, maybe we don't have much snow, which would be great. But we're still going to have that wind, guys. And, And honestly, like... I think that there's a case to be made, if that's the case, that you could widen the gap between the two teams because of the quarterbacks and Josh Allen and Mason Mm -hmm. Rudolph because of the win. I still think that it's dicey with the win because anything can happen. You could have a punt return or something freaky with the ball, but if it's really windy and you just totally make Pittsburgh Steelers one-dimensional, I think that might play into the Bills' hands because the Bills do have, I think, an ability with that quarterback to still throw the ball some. Made the same point an hour ago when Chris Trapasso was on with us. Having a six-foot, five-inch plow horse running quarterback is probably pretty advantageous, too. Agreed. And I wouldn't be surprised if he factors into this uh, equation this week. You know, so I, I do worry about, you know, the, the snow, if it comes a wet, wet field tackling, you know, you got to tackle the Steelers, you know, they're, they're going to get the ball out to their wide receivers and, um, you know, they're going to try and make some plays in space. They've done that a few times with Mason Rudolph here. So you got to tackle them. The, all these things come into into play here. It's like, you know, normal stuff, but I think it's just a little more accentuated when you have the weather like this. Very good, Sal. Roundtable tomorrow. Roundtable tomorrow. We'll get a better handle on the weather. We will have Sean McDermott on the Extra Point Show, just so everybody knows, tomorrow a little after 11 like we normally do. But I, I do think this one's a little you know, more to pay attention to because of all the injuries. And we'll find out tomorrow if they declare anybody out officially for the game. I will say, signing A.J. Klein back to the practice squad today, I don't know this, but generally the way it works is that's a, probably an indication that maybe they're not really comfortable with Tyrell Dotson being available. They didn't sign like a corner, but they have Kyrie Elam that they can use for depth, right? So that's probably an indication there, but we'll get more clarity tomorrow. That makes sense. Thanks, Sal. You got it. There's our Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? That is right. Isn't it Hoth? Isn't that the cold planet in Star Wars? Hoth? Yes. Uh, I said that with authority mostly because I I, I was probably going to say, yeah, I think so. But Zach gave me two big thumbs up. So you're, you're on it. You're on it there. Hoth. Yeah. Not Tatooine. Yeah. That's the desert. I'm not the desert. I was going to say, I'm not sure whether the climate on Tatooine. Yeah. Okay. I'm not either. Not sure of any of this, but Hoth seemed right. I'm out of shape on the Star Wars stuff. We used to watch it constantly when the kids were little, and I just—it's not in my orbit anymore. I'm just wondering when they're going to come up with some new Star Wars content. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just—it seems like they never have any new content with Star Wars. (laughs) It's about time they released something, produce something new. I mean, it's been 80 years since there's been a new Star Wars movie or series. Time to get on that. Yeah, just I don't know. It's stereotyping, but to me, the Houston Texans with a rookie quarterback coming to play in the snow and win, forget it. And the uh, Steelers might be up for it. They want to run it. That's sort of their whole mantra, Steeler football. And also, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, and I haven't seen the, well, you know, you know the rest. Let's go. They're, I'll, I'll get over myself. They're a ten, Bills are a 10-point favorite. I, I don't uh you have been home I, I like the 
you've been home in bed with your own thoughts for a couple of days, and that 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 can tie you up. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. That's right. I got to get out of the. I got to get out of the house. Yeah. This is a good start today. <laughs> yes, in in a way, this is out of the house. <laughs> Having being available to people to tell me about what they think of what I'm saying is is good. Yes. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you want to do that yourself, you can. We've got Sabres Senators tonight pregame at six. How are you feeling about the Bills and their chances? here Sunday and beyond, because beyond is what we're here for, right? Not just beating the Steelers in the first round. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, back after sports. This is WG. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. I get more excited for seeing you know, other guys have success than myself because with myself, like, I expect success. You know, with those guys, I expect them to make plays. When they make those huge plays, it's like, all right, now you coming along, especially little Khalil. Like, um, Khalil's so quiet, and, you know, he just does his job, coming to work. Like, so when he, he, like, I won't say he doesn't expect success, but you can see when he has a good catch or a good play, he doesn't really know how to react. Like, I'm like, can I get a little celebration? Can I get a first down? Like, you just look in the sky and keep coming back to the other. Nice. Stefan Diggs on Khalil Shakir. Ended up 39 catches for 611 yards and two scores for the Bills this year. Fifth in catches. Diggs, Kincaid, Davis, Cook, Shakir, the top five. Was looking at the overall stats a little while ago, it's kind of funny that Rasul Douglas led the Bills in interceptions. I know, right. For getting to the team so late, his four picks, which came in two games, he had two each in two games, ended up tops on the team. Terrell Bernard second uh, with three. Leonard Floyd was your sack leader, ten and a half. Tyler Bass led in field goals. Again? Again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're such yep. jerks. <laughs> Josh Allen had 15 rushing touchdowns. The rest of the team combined had seven. More than double the rest of the team combined. For years, it's been, look at this, Josh Allen is actually going to lead them in rushing stuff. Now he's just, now, now it's a joke. Like, he's just 15 touchdowns. Seven for the rest of the team total. Uh, pretty good. Maybe he should share a little more. But James Cook, now this never happened with Singletary or Moss, like runaway leader in yards. I mean, Cook had more than double Allen's yards and more than double his attempts, by the way, this year. It was a year where we started off wondering why Josh Allen didn't run more. But Cook ends up fourth in the league in rushing. 
1,122 yards, just two touchdowns on the ground to Allen's 15. But, um, you know, Cook got there this year. I was not really investing in him too much. Fantasy-wise, you're thinking about touchdowns, and that part was right. And he, he did get used in the passing game, but it might be that his season as a receiver is more memorable for drops, especially late. He had a few late in the season. What about Cook for you going into this Pittsburgh game, which might be one where it's you know tough to throw it? Um, I, I, I think the Bills, um, it might be a day that we're grateful that they've got guys like Murray and Leonard Fournette. We'll see, you know, about Ty Johnson with the, with the injury and the concussion protocol, but they've got some variety there. Um, you know, not to say that you need a big banger back in the bad weather. I mean, a, a, a guy that is shifty can, can really work for you too, if the footing is, is questionable. So, um, yeah, I'm. I've been bullish on Cook almost since. Man, I, I think before last season started. So before his rookie year, I remember being at an event with uh, a bunch of our coworkers. I don't remember that that you were there. Uh, I'm not sure why. Um, but Ta- Steve Tasker. It was one of these things. I think it was for like the Bills sponsors. Uh, and so it was like a Q and A with a bunch of the guys. And, and Steve Tasker was talking, and, and and he said plainly that day. That James Cook, he thought he'd be the, the team's number one running back by midseason that year. I think I don't want to put words in his mouth. But he was really bullish on 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 Cook, and I I became that way too. Um, and I'm I'm a yeah I'm, I'm you know running backs don't matter. Um, you know I'm not here to tell you that they got to start thinking about you know when his contract is up, what you're going to do or anything after year two. You've got a couple of years to sit on that. Um, but I, I've I've liked the player. I think he's been re- really nice. Uh, for them, I think there's a there's a little bit more. He's not didn't quite have. I, I wish there was like one more gear there because there've been a couple times where he's gotten into the open field and just can't quite get all the way there. I think there's more bursts there than there was with Singletary or certainly Zach Moss, um, any other running back of recent vintage that comes to mind. Um, I think there's there's more there's more explosion, but it's not quite at the level where like it's he's just gone. Um, but I, I like him. I think he's been a, a a nice player and had a fantastic year. I mean, overall, even though he didn't like smash in the receiving game, his total yards, I mean, it's very respectable numbers. Um, so I don't know if we'll see him get in the end zone more uh, in future years. This point I'm making about not being able to run run away from everyone is a deterrent to that um, because you got to be maybe you know closer in, and that's Josh Allen territory as we've seen this year. Uh, but I, I like I like this offense with Cook as the number one back in it. Yeah, I want to go find out now what his yards from scrimmage total like where that ranks. For the Bills, 1567 is a really nice number for Cook. Looking at the props for Sunday, so it's expected to be pretty rough out. And what you're seeing, what I'm seeing at BetMGM on all the the rushing props for both teams is what looks like money in on the over, except for Allen, uh, interestingly, minus 120 under 37.5. But Cook leads the way. Minus 120 over 65 and a half. We just got to, I think, hope that Sunday just isn't stupid out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. anything short of stupid, you'd expect the Bills to be able to function and look like the superior team. But if it's one of these games where 
everything is just sort of shut down. Like we've had, I mean, there's a chance of that. It sounds like, and then this could really yeah, be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, if if if, if that snowband settles, you know, in in the area, uh, you know, around the stadium, above the stadium, I don't want to make it sound like it would just be like on top, but you know, whatever. If the, if the snowband air, it, it, the stadium's in that area, and you've got twenty five to thirty five mile an hour winds. <sighs> I mean, it's just, I don't remember how windy it was for that Colt game. I know there was a lot of snow, and it was like thick, heavy snow. Uh, and it, it fell consistently through the game. I had never seen to that point in my life an NFL game where there was that much snow on the field while, while they're yeah. playing. You just could not keep it clear as much as you were trying to keep it clear. Um, if it's snowing with, with that kind of volume, and I don't recall that being a terribly windy day it might have been and i just don't i don't remember but 25 35 mile an hour winds i mean we're not talking about you know blizzard like conditions from last year uh or you know the christmas blizzard that had much higher higher degree of wind but that is that's that's hellacious (laughs) if you've got snow falling like a i don't know like an like an inch an hour or two inches an hour or something and the wind is blowing like that good luck (laughs) <laughs> it would be one of the maybe you know dopiest games you've ever watched from that standpoint and by dopey i mean like hard to function and um yeah that's i'm more worried about that than anything like you you were talking a little while ago about the steelers and like they're in your head a little bit uh because of you know of their reputation um and certainly the, the weather plays a part in that um you know, if if I don't have to deal with if I didn't have to deal with the weather, I would not be thinking about the Steelers pulling an upset here at all. The weather enhances that possibility, and the stupider the weather is, you know, the more random the result could be. Well, um, we're in. I mean, it's it's uh, everything that the Bills and the fans could have wanted going back a long time. I mean, almost to the very beginning of the season to get this game, this seeding, this opponent, everything. And look, like I, I keep coming back to in my head that the Bills don't look as scary as they have other years. You're talking about their setup. Their setup looks as good as any, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But they haven't looked as scary as they have in other years. And so, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're good enough uh, to do this. But really, like, I don't want to obsess about that because th- these games are too random. And, like, a, a, a bad day for a different team, you know, just sort of making it work like they've done, like they did against New England when they weren't very sharp and Allen didn't like how the ball was coming off of his hand, but they had the four takeaways and they made their kicks and they won that game. And I think you can expect to be able to beat a team like the Steelers that way, and maybe even the Chiefs, if you get the Chiefs or whoever you would get at home in round two, it might be like that. And then it just comes down if you if you're right, then it comes down to the Ravens if they win their game, and comes down to the the final four, and like everybody's scary if there's only four teams left. Right. So I I don't want to obsess about you know the the tough days they've had against lesser teams and just what they don't do really well and what their weapons stack up to be at this point because now you just got to make it work uh, from here. But, man, one stupid weather day can just neutralize things. In, in, and that is what we we talked to Joe Ostrowski earlier. It made sense 
why this has been such a low total all week because, like, it was exceptionally low compared with a game like Kansas City. You know, the Chiefs don't really score, and it's supposed to be frigid there. But, like, a Philadelphia-Tampa, like, just a big difference in the totals. But they've expected, you know, snow and wind. Josh Allen's passing yard prop for this game is 215. Just, mm-hmm. it's they think it's going to be hard. Um, you know, that's different factors, too, but conditions, definitely a part of it. Yeah, they're probably right. It, it it probably will be it probably will be hard. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I talked enough about this as I think I mentioned this at the very outset of our show today. I talked enough about this the last couple of days. Uh, maybe it was mostly yesterday that I did get a few different people like digging back in, sending me screen grabs of what the weather was like during certain different Bills games through the years. And I'm like, okay, they threw it like crazy on Pittsburgh last year and the wind was blowing kind of similar to what it'll be blowing on Sunday, but there was not, you know, sideways snow to go with it and sub-zero wind chills or anything. So uh, different scenario. Um, but the wind is always, to me, the thing. Like if we didn't have, and, and that that feels like the most certain part of the forecast is that the wind is going to be there. We don't know about the snow yet, right? But I think we know about the temperature and we know about the wind. Um, man, you get me, it's snowing, but no wind, Pfft. Fine, go play the feud. Like I'll take my quarterback throwing it around to Steph Diggs and these guys in that weather. But the wind always freaks me out. That's kind of a fun game to go to when it's snowy, but you know you're not just freezing so windy that you're freezing and everything's off kilter. When it's when it's like that, it's not as much fun to to go. I, I think uh, maybe a lot of people would say that, but snow snow globe games are are fun. It's the playoffs, though. You just want you want to get it done on the field. Uh, hopefully it doesn't corrupt this game. Even the game in Kansas City, like, no one wants to see it come down to negative 20 degrees, right? Like, just right. not every game has to be in a dome, but it, it can sort of ruin games when it's too bad out. So, yeah, I'd like we'll to see what happens. I'd like to not see that game come down to, like, somebody can't hold on to a f- deeply frozen football. Like, I know they, they do their best to keep them keep the balls fresh and change them out, but, I mean, you're, you're playing in those kind of conditions. The ball is going to be affected, I think, to some extent. Uh, and I just don't want to see it mar the game in some way. Will the ball be kickable in Kansas City? We'll have to, we'll have to watch. We'll have to get peacock and find out have to subscribe you're gonna tell me this you place, to... you're gonna tell me this place you're going saturday night too at some point don't, yes don't i will forget, i will i'll text you that. okay thank you i will text you <laughs> sabers pregame with paul hamilton at six the sabers home to ottawa tonight mike show and the bulldog here at 803-0550 this is wgr welcome back we've got the Sabres and Ottawa Senators downtown with pregame coming up in 10, 12 minutes or so. Paul Hamilton will join us then. It's been pleasurable to listen to Stefan Diggs a couple of different points today, talking about Gabe Davis and then Khalil Shakir. Where are you at, Bulldog, on Diggs here going into the playoffs? Um, a relatively quiet year, second half for him. Had a nice night in Miami. The targets have largely still been there, but they've been shorter in the playoffs. He's kind of, each season has kind of ended with a little bit of a dud from Diggs. The Bengal game was certainly that. 
uh, 13 seconds was not his day. How how uh, much are you expecting him to kind of shine here? Well, I wouldn't want to get near any of the numbers like I I, I did last week. I, I lost that, by the way. I, I went big big on yards for him and a couple other guys, and 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 Allen hit, and but you know, uh, Diggs didn't get there. I mean, he had a decent day. Uh, definitely wouldn't do that for this game, um, but I remain very confident that they will find their way to like i feel like there's a big game in there for him coming here you know we need the cooperation of the weather more than anything else uh and maybe who knows maybe it comes on sunday in a snowstorm or something i I don't know but um i I just feel like it's been too quiet uh and that 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 it'll pop at some point um and who knows maybe it'll be the thing that propels them further than they've been uh, any of these years, but I, I, I still, I still have a lot of belief in this passing offense, uh, and him. Um, I was really encouraged to hear, oh, was it Matt? Yeah. Matt Harmon reception perception. Uh, that's the guy to go to, right? We know that <laughs> you, you referenced it. I think when we visited with him last week, how the first time maybe we ever talked to him was when the bills were making the digs trade and what a big fan of his route running he was. And he said, studying him, looking at him, he doesn't see him dropping off like as far as like separation and his route running and all that sort of stuff. They're using him differently. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like that's, it's going to pop. There, there's a game coming here where we all go, oh, yeah, that guy, he's awesome. Well, you know, it's okay with me if it's not until the AFC Championship. Right, or, with, or the uh, Super Bowl even. <laughs> all, or the Super Bowl. All this weather talk for this game, you know, I don't know if it happens against Legeria Sneed and the Chiefs, uh, if that's who the Bills get in round two. Man, it's going to be so much fun Saturday night, and it is going to be so cold there. Super tough. I'm seeing how in Kansas City – from late tomorrow until Tuesday, they're going to be just like in this dramatic cold spell. Wind chills for this game, like negative 25-ish, just really, really bad. Like just you'd have – it's dangerous to be out in that kind of weather. But you know they'll play. So – and Miami is the other team. Just what a right. situation that is. Um, here the Dolphins thought last year was cold coming here. Now they get this. Throw your hands up, Miami. I mean, really, you had that season. <laughs> right. It ended the way it did, and now you've got this situation. You better win. I'm just you can feel pretty hopeless. They got to be really got- re- regretting that they did not come through last weekend against the Bills. I <laughs> mean, to know that the, their, their prize is, uh, oh, you don't win the AFC East. You can't beat Josh Allen and the Bills in a big spot. Can't beat a good team. And by the way, minus twenty five. <laughs> You know, like, good luck. I know. It's so tough. We'd be like, how did we lose? How did they lose to Tennessee? That that game against Tennessee, they could have been all set. Uh, they could have lost this game and still been at home here. But that is not what happened. Sabres and Senators will get into it with Paul Hamilton after sports. Set up tonight's game next. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 